As you board, please move across your car to make room for everyone and kindly offer available seating to those needing special assistance. If you're standing, please hold on to the handrails and stay clear of the doors. They will be closing in a moment. Thank you. Hey, howdy, hey, and welcome to Disney Assembled. I'm Troy. And I'm Mimi. And we are your happy little father-daughter podcast, here to create joy and share our love for all things Disney. This episode is going to be really cool, Mimi, because we're going to share with our listeners a conversation you and I had with a very good friend of mine that I've had since since kindergarten, uh, our friend Danny who is an annual pass holder at Walt Disney World and a former cast member at Walt Disney World. And yeah. he was he was very uh, kind to share some time with us recently to talk about what it was like being a cast member, uh, tell us some of the stories, and also to share with us what it's like being an annual pass holder for Walt Disney World during uh, the coronavirus. So we're going to get to that interview here, that conversation here in just a moment. But of course, we have to get through what is becoming a fan favorite part of our show, and that is the Disney Dad Joke of the Week. Now, up to this point, we have asked people to submit dad jokes if they like, and we actually got some submissions this week, which is fantastic. We got nice. a few of them. It was very nice. So I am saved. I don't have to come up with the joke this week. And this joke was submitted to us by All the Board Podcast. So you can find them on Instagram, All Aboard Podcast on Instagram. And this is the dad joke of the week. Mm -hmm. All right, here we go. When Snow White told the dwarves she was moving out, only one was happy. Is that the joke? That's the joke. Is there no punchline? The punchline is only one was happy. Oh, because there's like seven dwarves and like one of them is like, haha. All I'm saying is that Disney dad joke was submitted by All Aboard Podcasts. Give them some love, if you would, please. If you're listening out there and you have Instagram, look for them on Instagram, All Aboard Packers. I, I, we're already following them, and uh, we do appreciate them reaching out to us with the Disney Dad Joke of the Week. Thanks, guys. You, you have saved me the anguish of coming up with the joke, and it's much yeah. appreciated. We have some other jokes coming from other people who have submitted them, and we'll certainly make sure we read them on the air. But I also believe... We got a new five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, didn't we? Yeah. So instead of a shout-out this week, I'm going to read the new review we got on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. yeah that's great. <laughs> All right. So this one comes to us from Scooterific. If you want us to drop your Instagram label, DM us, and we will put that on our Instagram. Anyway, here's the review. Great discussion, sweet and informative. Topics are interesting and keep it fun and enjoyable to listen to. Great work. Well, thank you. Scooterific, whoever you are, we really appreciate that. And we 
would ask all our listeners if they are so kind. You enjoy the show and you're on Apple Podcasts, drop us that five-star rating and review. We'd be happy to share the review on the air. Of course, if you are not enjoying the show, just kind of skip that part, right? We've told yeah. people, just skip that part. Don't worry about it. Or you can just shoot us an email at disneyassemble.gmail.com and give us your feedback on the show. That'll be fantastic. Well, with that, we're going to transition to our conversation with Danny. And at the end of the show, we'll be back with uh, more information about how our listeners can find us online and, and help support the show. So with that, here's our conversation with our great friend, Danny. Hey everyone, we have Danny with us today as a special guest. Danny and I have been friends for a very long time and we're thrilled to have him with us with us today to share his own Disney stories and to get in some of the ins and outs of uh, being a cast member. So Danny, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners and, and let's get started. Hi everyone, I'm Danny. Um, Joy and I have been friends um, since kindergarten, uh, we grew up near each other, uh, and then we attended the same school, and that's where we became good friends. Um, we went to uh, grade school, Catholic grade school together. Um, then we went to different high schools. But um, as I was reminding him, I said, um, we went on a trip to Disney, Disney World in 1986, uh, back for the uh, Christian Youth Organization, CYO for short. That was Troy was saying that was his first trip to Disney World. So yep. when he was talking about his experiences, I was sort of like the experienced person because I got to go when I was four with my parents. But for me, it was more of a blur. And I I could barely remember him other than we have pictures of showing when I was there. So like I know I've been to Disney World before, but to me, it was all brand new. And I was excited to go because also Epcot was brand new at the time even though it had been open for about four years at that point, uh, it was still new to me. So we were excited about doing that because I hadn't been to Disney in a long time. So um, kind of being his tour guide for everything on that <laughs> trip. Um, and then after that, I got to go again in 89. And, and Troy said he doesn't remember if he was on that trip or not. But that was, uh, I got to go. I wanted to go because that's when Disney MGM Studios opened. It was 1989 that year. So I really was excited about going to that part. Well, during that time I went that year, I was starting to see people working and everything like that. And I said, I want to become a cast member. I got to figure out how I get to do that. So flash forward a few more years, um, I was attending uh, USL, which is Louisiana Lafayette now, um, or Louisiana University of Louisiana Lafayette, I think it's what we go by now, but USL, I still call it that. Um, but they, we're advertising that a college program, um, you could go work at Disney on the college program, but he had to go to LSU to go do the interview. So Lafayette's about an hour drive to Baton Rouge. So I drove and went down there 
And the cast member who did the interview was impressed with me because, hey, I drove an hour to just try and get a job there. This is, you know, so <laughs> he he welcomed me. He appreciated you know me doing that. I got accepted. So I started on the college program in January of 1992. I started in merchandise uh, because that, most of my work experience has been retail. So I started as a cast member working at the Pirates of the Caribbean. And then after that, I got transferred into Frontierland and I worked merchandise there. The store I worked at the most was called Big Al's. Big Al's is located right across from uh, Country Bear Jamboree. So it's still there. Uh, it was really nice working there because um, especially at night when the parades would come through, I'm on the opposite side from where the main office was. So if the parades came through, nobody can come over to me and see how I was doing. So essentially, and nobody was interested in shopping at that point because it's an outdoor cart. So every night I got to watch the parades and no one bothered me. I just sit there and watch the parades every night. It was nice. <laughs> so, um, But during that time, I really got to enjoy it. And I got uh, read about a program called the World Showcase Fellowship Program. That is um, a full-time position so I was interested in that, but it was also a chance to learn and work with other people who work at Epcot World Showcase. So in World Showcase, there are various um, countries there, and the representatives that work there come in on a year visa. Well, they select a certain number of those people to be cultural representatives, and I got to be part of that. So I got to have a full-time position, and but then I work four days a week, but then one day we would have um, learn about the various countries um, because we would um, have a day that they would either present information about their country, like a whole presentation. Um, there was also days that they would learn about Florida, or so we would go on field trips. There was days that they would learn about education in the United States and how it's different. Um, then, uh, so that was a year-long program, which was really great, a lot of fun. Then I went back to Frontierland afterwards. Then I got into the um, resort area because I saw at the Beach Club Resort. So I worked at the front office there for four and a half years. Then the last thing I got to do was right before Animal Kingdom opened, they were looking for cast members for that. So I got to go on a position interview for that and became a full-time trainer for It's Tough to Be a Bug and the Tree of Life at Animal Kingdom. So I was there when the park was nothing but dirt. So I got to see how the park was going to be created. And I could answer questions like how things have changed on that. Um, but it, around the Tree of Life, um, they had animal exhibits. So you had to learn all about the various animals that lived there. They had capybaras, they had otters, and other type of animals, macaws, things like that. So you had to learn all about where the animals came from, what are their habits, um, what kind of diet are they on. So that way you can tell guests about it when they come by and like, hey, this is what's going on. And then, of course, then you had the Tree of Life itself. So there was the, the show inside there was it was still about a year and a half after Bugs Life came out. So Bugs Life was a big representation. That's what Tough to be a Bug came at. So you had the, the 3D experience, which a lot of people didn't know that they were going to get uh, stingers or there's like parts where Hopper has you send all the grasshoppers to attack you. And so the little <laughs> kids 
scared in that show. So you always have parents running out of the theater because the <laughs> kids are, are frightened by everything that was going on in the show. And then the final thing was um, the reason I left Disney World is that um, I basically met my future wife working who came down from Pennsylvania. Uh, she also started on the college program from Penn State. And um, she came down and we kind of met, worked in the same area, fell in love. And uh, I left Disney to go stay with her. She lived in Pennsylvania, so I moved to Pennsylvania. And that's after that, uh, really 20-year history after that. And <laughs> oh, wow. That's wonderful. Thanks for sharing that. I mean, it's it's so interesting because, you know, I guess Mimi and I would be really interested about being a cast member because I obviously have never been a cast member. You know, Mimi is, you know, in her teens and has made noise from time to time about maybe one day working at, at Disney as a cast member. And I think that's, that's great uh, that you're willing to share that. So I guess, so on that fifth day in the cultural exchange program, when you were a representative, would that be representatives from each of the countries in World Showcase would all get together on that day? Yes. Is yes. that so, how that worked? Right. There was a group of, um, I was one of six Americans um, as a cultural representative. Then each country had um, maybe four or five, sometimes less, uh, depends on the country. Um, they were just a, a select different than the normal everyone else who was from that country that worked there because the rest of them were just on an I-9 visa. These people were also on an I-9 visa, but because they were part of that select group, just like it's similar to the college program, but for international students. But we were like the culture representative for America. So we all worked together. And then, like I said, on that fifth day that we worked, we would all get together and then we would have these different uh, programs that we would go on that we had uh, our bosses that put together. So like I mentioned, it could be field trips around Florida just to see about different things. Um, and then going to the closest uh, community college where we were talking about how education in America is different than what they might have and just what's the difference between that. Mm -hmm. um, then there was a, a day every month, every country had to do a presentation about their country. So we had a day where America was first. So we were all in charge of doing that. So my segments I got in charge is I, I created an award show, like the greatest Disney awards type of deal, and then a game show. And we did uh, like come up with uh, the people who could speak the best uh, and try and teach them, see if they know what American history, how well they would know it. So I did, we did create, I created a little game show. And then at night, we had an entertainment thing where we did uh, square dancing. And, <laughs> and, uh, and then we had like basically like a summer barbecue. So there's chicken and there's ribs and all these other things. So as American as apple pies, you can say. Right. Um, so that was a fun program uh, that we went on. I'm still friends with people on Facebook who were on that program. So that's really all, neat. That's cool. Yeah, exactly. So it, it, it's, I really enjoyed it. I mean, it, it's experiences in my life that I'm not regretting at all. It, I really enjoyed my time working at Disney. And I, I kind of talk about that time as also the heyday of Disney because that was uh, in the 90s. Michael Eisner was running it. 
Um, but they were, um, Disney was really trying to build its brand up, you know, because they had a, a downturn. If you really know the history of Disney, they had a downturn in mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. 70s and the 80s. Their- right. So, yes. So the, this was all during that time of building up their brand. And they had this series of hits in the movies too, right? Or, you know, right around that early '90s period. You know the uh, uh, what was it? Uh, Little Mermaid, the, the Toy Story. To- well, the, the Lion 90s? King, and all those movies came out right around that time. And was so Toy yeah, Story in the '90s, or is it the 2000s? I don't know. Um, oh well. Danny, are you still there? I think we lost you. On the track and everything like that so the seeing the difference in all the years working there and how many resorts built up and as i said i got to be there for the last theme park that opened up the fourth gate essentially is what they mm. call it uh, so being there for animal kingdom open you know so since then they built up more but now they go more into other ips which you know, we all have made discussions about whether it's star wars whether it's marvel or rebranding and using more of the Renaissance era. So for the Little Mermaid, Lion King, and all that. And now they're going to dip into the Princess and the Frog and try and get people to buy that, you know, with right. Splash Mountain yeah. giving theme to that. So that's what they're more into now. Um, but it was just, it's interesting because like uh, even back then in the 90s, I call old Epcot, you know, you had attractions that are no longer there. Um, that were big when I was there, but I could see that the park with my time working there, that was slowly dissipating because it was starting to lose its relevance um, compared to when the first park opened in 82. You know, now you're talking about all these things that what the future is going to bring, but the future was passing up already what Epcot could even show you. So it's like, oh, we are going to do all these things. So. And then uh, Disney MGM Studios, another one that's totally changed. You know, they got rid of the the studios part too, where they were focusing on television production and movie production and all that. That part has all gone away, and now they focus more on the entertainment aspect and building the two new lands: Star Wars Land or Galaxy's Edge, or and Toy Story Land. So all these things have replaced everything else. It's it's been there and they're still working on things there in Epcot. The, that is the next stage of where they're right. trying to rebuild that. Um, they're trying to build up and get people to come there. That's when they're going to build a roller coaster there with galaxy, uh, with the uh, guardians of the galaxy, uh, retheme everything kind of people mm-hmm. come back in and like, they'll have a new, um, bad to ride that's going to open up. That yeah. was supposed to open in the spring. Hopefully it'll be open up by this fall. So Disney is still elevating and revolutionizing themselves as they go along, you know. So, you know, I, yeah, I think, and we can certainly talk about some of the things that we think may be coming. Because I know Irene may have some questions about some of that. I, I have a question about being a cast member. So sure. I think it's really interesting because you have experience in Magic Kingdom, in Epcot, and the resort side. So you have. Uh, uh, animal kingdom so you've got you know three of the four theme parks you worked in as well as the resort side and i guess maybe you know i'm curious to know which 
which of your posts did you enjoy the most and which, and was there one that you wished you would have had a chance to do that you didn't get a chance to do? Uh, I mean, I, I would say because it, it's my favorite park magic kingdom is number one. Um, I enjoyed my, I enjoyed all the park places I worked at, but magic kingdom is what I remember. Magic Kingdom is what I grew up with, you know, before the other parts came there. Um, I would say I regret, I wish I could have worked at MGM Studios in like when they had the production stuff. Because I'm I'm like an entertainment buff. I like movies and television. Yeah. I kind of have, like, I'm really into that. So like stuff like that really interests me. So I missed out on really working there. Like you could go work an attraction or help out someplace full-time when you're a full-time position they had opening shifts that you could go slot yourself in if you mm-hmm. need extra money from, you know, overtime, essentially what, what it is. So right. you could go work. Like I did work like the Muppet uh, 3D show, but, uh, you know, it wasn't like my regular position. So it's just right. more working that for a day and you're very limited on what you can do because you don't really work there full time. So you can't be in charge of certain areas of it. So you would just more be a greeter outside the attraction the whole time but you know it, it's just interesting and and the resorts were interesting because i did hop and work on different resorts i mean Meat beach club was my home but i get i did work both from all-star all the way up to grand Floridian. so hmm. i did get the spectrum of guest experience uh you know of running into various uh types of people you know that you run into and cool. But you're, no matter where you were as a cast member, you know, the number one is uh, customer service. And that's what you have to focus on. And, and being in that role, because you're a cast member, so your role is to entertain, provide safe um, experiences, but fun experiences. They want to be memorable, you know, so you don't want to ever break that. You know, because you don't want to ruin someone's vacation, essentially. So you're there, but you're not really there because you're you're more there just to observe, help people where you can, and that's the biggest thing. Is like you're you're more concerned about making sure everything everything around is safe and going on, but you're there to help the guests because, as we used to joke, when you're a cast member, like, what's the number one question you always ask? what time's the three o'clock parade is the guest would ask you. <laughs> well you think about it, it's like they already answered that question you know but this is the, that was the thing like you know okay what they're really asking is you know what the parade's about where can i see it you know it's more than just the obvious you know well oof, you just said it. it's three o'clock you know what's wrong with you you know you can't say it's like okay hey this is what's coming down main street and it is coming from frontier land loops around Liberty Square, comes down Main Street, or go the opposite way, whatever that's going on that day. And this is what you'll see in it. Because so that's what your job as a cast member is. You have to be knowledgeable and be ready for any kind of question that a guest may ask. But like I said, you're concerned about the safety. So um, that is all goes with being a cast member. And mm. that's the biggest thing is you, you got to have great customer service. You yeah. gotta be a person that is approachable and someone who, who it's gonna and it's Florida. I mean, it's ten months out of the year, you're in ninety degree weather. Um, you get two months of winter, as we call it. 
And <laughs> I mean, I'm Troy and I are both from Louisiana. So New Orleans wasn't much different. You know, it's like you might have a little more of a longer winter, but, you know, it's still hot and muggy. And um, we both played sports in high school. So we got used to being uncomfortable and dealing with that. So I just, I was in my costume and I just dealt with the weather the way it was. So, yeah. Were there any, like, I don't want to say, like, tricks or secrets, like, but that feels like the bad word, like, the wrong word, but were there any, like, insider, like, secrets that you would only know as a cast member about the parks or Disney or, like, just kind of, like, little insider things that, like, you wouldn't otherwise know? So, when you uh, first work for Disney, um, you go through a program uh, where you... um, and now I've gone blank on the two names, but it's basically showmanship. And there's another part to uh, there's two parts. So traditions, traditions. Yes. Thank you. Traditions okay. and showmanship. So when you first work with Disney, that's what you had to go through. And that is basically teaching you all the things I could just mention, like the, with the three o'clock parade and things like that. It's things you learn and things you have to be able to be prepared for. So, yes, I would say they would show you the inside secrets and everything, but it's up to you also to learn the history and and what goes on, where you're at. You know, what what um, if you work the resort, what does the resort represent when you work at this park? What does this represent, you know, in this part of the land that you're in? Because uh, one of the biggest things, especially Magic Kingdom, there's there's an underground area called the tunnel. So what that was built for was that in in California, they could not do this, but in in Florida, they were able to do this. So if you worked in Tomorrowland, you're not supposed to be walking through Fantasyland to go on break because your breaking scene is what they call it. So your areas where you had it, when you were going on break, you could go through a secret door and come down through the stairwell and go into the tunnel. So that's things you had to learn, you know, because you, you're not supposed to be breaking scene. You're not supposed to be wandering around the park to go do whatever you want to do when you aren't working. Cause you're, you're in costume from the moment you clock in, you're in costume, you're representing that role for the day until you clock out and are done, or you're on break and you're around other cast members where you're not in guest view. Cause when you're in guest view, you have to be in that role. And that's one of the things with um, seeing the the characters, which I will go into detail because I don't want to spoil it for the, for the illusion for other people. But um, you would you would see the characters, you know, backstage and everything like that. So you would learn about things like that. Just little things that I can't look at at Disney World or even Disneyland without in a different set of eyes now because um, I see things that I know that maybe you don't know just because yeah. you want to an employee, you know, okay. Right. So I can see things or I observe things differently. And I guess I illusions forever shattered for me because now in my mind, that's always going to be there. But that's just from, it, it's not something I regret though. It's like, it, I could still have fun. I could still have enjoy myself in parks, even as, you know, 20 years ago, I worked there. I mm. still have fun. Still, I'm a fan from Disney from way back when, you know, 
when I was a is child. It, is it, is it, so I heard this and maybe you can confirm this or not. So I heard or read somewhere that if you, if you lose, if you didn't bring your name tag. I was just thinking that. Yeah. If you didn't bring your name tag, they have generic ones that say Chris from Orlando. Yeah. Or like is that, is that true? Orlando. That is true. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and it has been very, very few times uh, that you've forgotten it. When I worked there, you had a locker, though, so you can just store your costume and everything in your locker. So you wouldn't forget it. But nowadays, um, that this is one of the things that I say it kind of breaks the illusion. Um, cast members, they don't have lockers anymore. They bring home their clothes to wash and wear and bring it back to work. So you'll see cast members walking in Publix, our local grocery store, in costume. Yeah, you know, and, and they're walking shopping and everything like that because well, that's bad. You know, they just got off. Yeah, I know, but that's just one of the things that's kind of gone away. You know, that's mm. they look to save money, and that's one of those things that's kind of gone away. It's like you here's your costume, you're responsible, and that happened like near the end when I was there because when I worked at Animal Kingdom, that was one of the first areas that did it. That I I had to wear my costume at I had to get dressed at home. And so I wear my costume going to work and then wear my costume on my way home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's one of the things that kind of disappeared, um, mm. you know, over the years that was near the end. But when I first started, no, like you weren't allowed to leave property with any part that was Disney property. You know, you were checked um, if you they had security checks and everything, which they still do. But I'm just saying things like that. Yes. So you would just leave your name tag and everything in your costume in your locker. But if you forgot it, yeah, you end up being Aaron from Akron that day. Or something. <laughs> That's just interesting because, you know, and I'm going to say this like I'm some kind of expert and I'm far from an expert, but, you know, safety, courtesy, show efficiency in order, mm-hmm. it would seem odd to me that show before efficiency and you know cast members wearing their costumes home to be more efficient just i don't know hopefully that's something that over time maybe reverts back so i know like disney's very stingy with their employees though and so like if you're out in public wearing your costume like i've heard that that isn't gonna go like go over well with the company yeah i don't i don't know Cause like I watched a YouTube video where this like ex princess, she like talked about like how she had to do all her own makeup and hair, like at her house and then like drive as like whatever princess she was on property. And so like, if someone saw her, like, like that would be detrimental and she would be like, that would be be different. Like, you know, if you're, um, yeah, as a character, portraying then that's different i'm more talking about the regular yeah people with the attractions people working custodial you know ticket boots whatever the case might be guest services anything like that that's mainly what i'm talking about where people are wearing costume right. outside. no one no one's hanging out yeah. with mickey driving yeah. home <laughs> mickey no, is not stopping at mcdonald's on the way home <laughs> you know to get, to get, <laughs> get a cheeseburger on the way home or something you know? Do you have an example, Danny, that you could share with us about maybe something you observed or something you did that was a big, like a big plus? I know they're big on plussing the experience and finding ways to do that in a moment. 
Is there one that comes to mind that either you were involved in or that you saw a, a fellow castmate involved in that's an example of Disney plusing that experience for one of the guests? Um, I, mainly that would be when I worked at the resorts. I, I know I uh, I had some that were at the parks. I'm, I'm trying to think of one specific example, but I know it, they're not big things, but I've done, I've helped guests like, um, get them a better room or mm-hmm. get them um, even um, a Disney gift basket. Like, especially if we knew it was a birthday involved or something was going on, you know, we would go look out for things and try and help them to enhance, as I said it, it before, it's like they're on vacation. You want their experience to be magical and everything. And you would love to have the, the customer feedback because then you would get the, the recognition for it because they were, you know, if your management can say like, hey, this guest mentioned you by name mm-hmm. because you did this for them, you know, that was a big plus on your little record. Mm-hmm. And so you would try and find ways to uh, help enhance a guest's experience or the family's experience or whatever the case might be without breaking the bank, without, um, you know, you're doing this because something got screwed up. You know, you were trying to just really enhance the experience. So I've done things like that. And like I said, mentioned, I can't think of one that was like up and above anything I've ever seen, anything in my life, but you want to, you wanted the families or whomever to have a memorable experience, a a magical experience as they use now. So whatever Mm -hmm. it took short of it, you know, because you screwed up something that to make their experience memorable for them. Mm -hmm. So if you were going to give a piece of advice to someone who aspired to be a cast member at some point, you know, what, what advice would you give somebody who was thinking maybe when like to, even for a little while, you know, spend some time as a cast member at a Disney park? Uh, my biggest advice was that um, I would say have fun on the job, but I would appreciate them taking it a little more seriously because I think um, one of the things just in my experience, I think it could be more just, I think of younger uh, people than me now. I think they look at the job as just a job and not something that um, I could learn from this experience and build upon my own personal work experience in life or build upon personal experiences in life. I think they're more just have fun and just, you know, work to work and whatever. I would I would say, because that's the way I looked at it. I wanted to build and build myself up and get all these learning experiences in life because you are going to meet so many different types of people that this is an opportunity for you to learn from this. So um, don't let that go by. Don't let these experiences go by. You can have fun. You can do things with, you know, with these people you meet outside of work. But when you're working, take the time to really absorb everything into yourself, you know, of, of seeing what's going on out there. And I and and the people you interact with, uh, whether you whether it's families or people you work with, because it kind of opens your eyes into everything and builds your own personal character, I think, you know, I, I, I know I'm not the same person I was um, over 
25, 30 years ago than I am now because I, yes, I only worked for Disney seven and a half years, but there's a lot of experiences I took from that that I think helped me become the person I am. And I think that's something that sometimes is lacking when I see, you know, some of the employees there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of how they treat it as a job and not not an opportunity to really learn something from this. That's great advice. Yeah. That's great advice. So let's fast forward. As we mentioned in the beginning, you're 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 a former cast member, but you do split time between uh, living in Florida, very close to Walt Disney World, and and also in Louisiana, some. So. Maybe you can talk to us a little bit about, you know, what things are like right now with the with the virus and uh, being an annual pass holder and sort of what the vibe is on the ground there in Florida for any of our listeners who, you know, would would benefit from sort of a uh, man on the scene sort of reporting of how things are going there. Right. I I miss out on. um you know, being especially an annual pass holder, just pop in and out whenever we feel like it. Um, because that's one of the pluses of being an, uh, an annual pass holder. Yes, you 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 need to go build, like, um, they have the app, the My Disney Experience app, where you can just uh, pick your um, fast passes for the day. You get up to three at that park. But, you know, it was not a worst-case scenario. Like, if you couldn't do it, it's not the end of the world. You know, mm-hmm. and that's something that when you're not an annual pass holder, you have to really plan your day. You have to, what attractions you're going to hit, what restaurants you're going to hit. You know, if you're staying on property, you're staying off property, things like that you have to plan into. There's been times where we just go like, oh, so-and-so is playing at Epcot tonight. Let's go see them. You know, you can just go over and go just to do that and then leave and that's it. And that's all you did for the day. Or, I haven't seen the fireworks in a long time. Let's go catch the fireworks. Or I'm in the mood to ride Thunder Mountain. I'm going to go ride Thunder Mountain. Um, so <laughs> it's things like that you miss out on. And now with everything that's going on, when everything's shut down, I've basically been homebound. We haven't been back to Louisiana since early February. Um, so we had no time to go to Louisiana. Um, and then when I'm not working, I just sit at home. You know, I don't want to go out because if I do go out, I'm I'm very safety conscious with everything. I wear my mask, I wear my gloves when I'm working. Um, so, and then when I go out, I'm wearing my mask. Um, so now they're getting to reopen, even though cases have kind of risen. Um, we did get invited to the sneak preview. So that's this Thursday. So we'll kind of see how it's going to be because I we've gone to Disney Springs a couple of times since they reopened to go out to eat there. Um, everyone is wearing a mask. It's mandatory because there are cast members out looking to ask you to please wear your mask. So when you approach to get into the area, which I'm sure will be at the theme parks, they are queued up. They take your temperature. Um, they have social distancing going on. So you have to wait in this square to this square to this square. So now this is going to be what we're going to see this uh, Thursday. Hopefully uh, we're going to Magic Kingdom and I'm going to see what it's like there. So we'll find out, you know, how the queue lines are going to operate, what kind of capacity they're going to keep it capped at. Um, 
and especially people wearing masks um, because Disney's making it mandatory. You have to wear a mask if you're on Disney property and being out and about, unless you're eating or drinking, you have to wear a mask. You know, so that is the mandatory thing. And I want to see, are they going to keep that? You know, are they going to, because you see out there, outside of Disney, I'm talking about other places and like you see you know, videos and people fighting with uh, other people working there. And and that's the thing to kind of worry about. Like, you know, am I going to witness things like that? You know, and, and I feel sorry for the people that have to work. You know, they gotta. That's another aspect you gotta now be involved with being a cast member. You know, now you gotta ask people, please put your mask on. You know, they need to have a mask on the whole time. So you gotta be extra vigilant on watching that. How people gather together. You know, you gotta keep them separated because, and you lose a lot of aspects that now you miss. You know, you there won't be any character meet and greets. From what mm-hmm. we're hearing, the characters are just kind of kind of breeze by. They like, they'll be walking around, but they'll just be walking and going from one area to another, or they may be on a stage. But there are no parades. There are going to be no fireworks. Not going to be any stage shows. No any place where groups of people are going to have to be together and cluster together. That's all going to be gone for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, they already canceled the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween which is a special ticket event that you would have to go to, uh, to, to be at. You would have to purchase that separately. And that was one of the things my, my family likes uh, is going to that because you can get all this candy for free, essentially. <laughs> uh, they have giant barrels full of candy that would hand out to you. Um, so now that's gone. We don't know about the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas. That could be another one that could go bye-bye because, you know, but everything is going on. And, it's just tough. It's just yeah. tough right now. You know, I, I can only hope that things get better. You know, it, it it's frustrating because you hear on the news constantly that Florida's the problem. And I kind of feel like Florida's not the problem. It's people coming to Florida who uh, make things worse because they're not obeying the, what you need to do. And yeah. now you're, you're going back home and you're just spreading it back to everyone else where you're at because if they're doing the same thing, yeah, so, but I don't, I don't want to be all negative. On no, these things, yeah. but, well, my, you know. my theory on the reopening, if they actually go through with it, which it, I mean, we'll see if they do, would that it'd be mostly locals? I mean, I know there are people traveling in, but I mean, we got advice on, you know, recently yeah. that, you know, if it's your first time and you got little kids and you were wanting this Disney experience, you're not going to get that. You're going to get a very different experience in many ways in what is the norm. And, you know, there, there was a lot of advice about, you know, if, if, if this is, if you don't, if you wanted the full Disney experience, now is not time to go. You're not going to get that. And of course the tickets aren't any cheaper to get in the park. So, you know, on our end as a family, we would love to go back, but like I was telling Mimi, you know, I don't know if I want to spend all the money to go. And I mean, I'm not a huge, I mean, I like the parades they are fine. I like the fireworks they are fine, but I'm paying for that experience. Right. And I don't want to go if I'm not going to even have access to the full experience, so to speak. Right. If all, if all you want to do is ride attractions and that's fine. Right. But what I don't want that, right. I want 
the whole experience. I want if I want to watch be able to turn down the fact that I don't want to go to a parade. Right. I don't want the parade taken away from me. I want to decide whether or not I want to go to the parade. And I think if you have little children, I just, my, my, my assumption will be, and you're going on Wednesday this week or Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. You know, I I don't see a lot of people bringing little children. I don't see families going through with their big vacations unless they can't get their money back for whatever reason. I, I think it's going to be a lot of locals with annual passes or people who are within driving distance, relatively close driving distance are the ones that are going to be going. I don't think they're going to have big crowds. I really don't. That's my no, theory. Well, but I, I, what you're just mentioning, like I, I should have mentioned too, like I'm getting to go to a sneak preview that's pre the opening up for the guests. But um, after that, we are next time being able to go because we had to make a reservation is going to be September. Mm. So I, we are not, I'm not allowed to get back into the parks again until then, unless we happen to check in and if people cancel their reservations, you know, then I might be able to pop in then and book a day at that park. Cause even then, like, um, I know we got Disney MGM studios one of those days in September because, mm. um, I never got the ride. Uh, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Rail because that opened right at the beginning of March, right before they ended up having to close the parks. Mm-hmm. I did get to ride um, Rides of Resistance and I did go to Galaxy's Edge and, and ride the Millennium Falcon ride. But the rest, my, only my son and I got to do Rides of Resistance. Uh, the rest of my family has not. So that's one of the things we're hoping to get on. Um, but How it, was it, that? It, oh, well, like you talked about before, it's awesome. It is one of the best. I don't want to spoil it because I, I think don't look at the videos on YouTube or anything like that. That's all I can ask. Okay. It, it's like the same thing with Mickey's Runaway Rail. I have not watched any videos on it on YouTube or anything because I want to be surprised with what I see. Um, and that's my biggest thing. I think it does the best job I've ever seen of a ride taking you into an experience. Mm. Um, the closest you can say it's not a Disney ride is is in Harry Potter over at Universal Studios. There's a there's one of the Harry Potter rides that does that too that, that mm-hmm. takes you into the experience. But this is longer. This is over. Um, if you went from the beginning of the queue line all the way to you leave, it's uh, almost an 18 minute experience. Wow. And it, else. it's it's basically yeah. you don't realize that you're part of the attraction, a part of the ride until you go out of it because you like, wow, I didn't realize as I was going in, I'm already into the attraction, but right. then it, it's, you're keep moving and you're still in a queue. And like I said, but there's aspects that happen that all part of the ride. Mm. And um, I think it's the best job that I've seen uh, of Disney do. And I'm really, really impressed. I would say that's probably the number one attraction. If you're going mm. back, like, what was the number one attraction? Right now, that's my number one. Uh, if I had to go classic, Haunted Mansion is number one for me. Mm-hmm. And just like I said, my favorite theme park is Magic Kingdom. Because that's still, that's where it all started for me, is Magic Kingdom. Right. Uh, so Magic Kingdom is my number one theme park uh, for me personally. So you're going on Thursday for this preview. Would you... Be willing to jump on a call with Mimi and I maybe on Friday and give us your opinion of what's of what it was like. Sure. sure. If uh, hopefully weather permitting and everything is uh, <laughs> going good. Um, unfortunately, on Friday, uh, Thursday looks like 
rainy day. So we'll see what happens. But okay. yeah, I, I'll give my count and um, just say what my, our experience was as a family, you know, right. how these things, what's open, what's not open, what you could do. I mean, I don't mind. Good. Thank you. Well, I tell you what, we this has been great. We need to do this again. I think having the stories, hearing more about being a cast member, and I know there's other topics, Danny, from from you and I growing up that I know you have an interest in. We didn't even talk about Marvel or Star Wars or yeah. any of but those I, things. And let me interrupt. I'm sorry for one moment. Yeah, since, go ahead. Tradition. Um, I have my uh, Disney dad joke for today. Oh, good. So, Thank you yeah, for sharing since, one so I don't have to. <laughs> so since I'm a dad as well, um, I had this one. Uh, what okay. did Snow White say when her photos weren't ready yet? What did she say? I don't know. What did she say? Someday my prince will come. <laughs> I had so much better than then, any of the ones I've said. Yeah, because that one makes sense. <laughs> That's great. I'm so glad somebody else took the mantle of dad joke of the week for this one. Thank you. Oh You're my welcome. goodness. That was great. Oh, uh, uh, that's so much better. So much better than and any, anything I've come up with. Beauty's handwriting, whatever it was you said. Prince charming. Prince he charming. has the best handwriting. Prince. Okay. No. Uh, so Danny, Lewis, we, we, we will definitely have to do this again and, and connect and talk some more because I know there's a lot more we can talk about, uh, especially when it comes to the other properties uh, that Disney owns now. But let's, I think it's a great way to wrap up our time. We have a few questions here to help our audience get to know you a little bit more. And we ask our listeners to play along uh, at home. And so you've answered one of our questions already about your favorite park. Um, you said it was Magic Kingdom, but what is your favorite attraction? In Magic Kingdom, uh, it, well, in Magic Kingdom's Haunted Mansion, but as, as I said, number one right now is Rides of Resistance, but it's in Highwood Studios now. So. Okay. Yeah. So, what's your favorite? Who's your favorite Disney character? Uh, my favorite character. It's also my gaming handle is Blue the Bear. So um, Blue is my favorite. Cool. I like how he's uh, easygoing and carefree, but he's he's. Uh, He's protective too, and that's how I feel I am. So your gaming handle is are you are you PlayStation or Xbox? Um, I would say I play more on Xbox than than PlayStation, but I have both systems. Oh, okay. Do you do Star Wars Battlefront too? Um, not as much as my son. <laughs> my son is a hardcore uh, Star Wars fan. I got him. Got him hooked when he was young. Uh, I was thinking we, I may have to connect with you there because <laughs> I like my Battlefront too from time to time. So, right, Baloo is your favorite character. What about your favorite Disney movie? If there's one that stands out as a favorite, um, I was trying to think about. Uh, I would say animated. Um, I would say probably Aladdin, but animated. Um, Live action, still number one, and which I mentioned y'all, but y'all mentioned on other shows. Mary Poppins is my number one. It's it's one of my favorite musicals, and it's one of my favorite movies. So yeah, Mary Poppins for live action. Cool. All right, our last question is: Would you rather ride Space Mountain or Big Thunder Mountain? 
So one of the things I used to do when I uh, was a Magic Kingdom cast member, um, I would schedule myself to work at 10 in the morning because I would get my cup of coffee by riding Big Thunder Mountain before I had to go to work. So I, <laughs> I would come through the park and get in line early and uh, ride that ride. And then by the time I could go back backstage, change it to my costume, get ready to work. So Big Thunder Mountain. I've written that many times. It's one of my favorites. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Danny, thank you very much. This was fantastic. It was great to connect with you again. We're definitely going to have to schedule another conversation. Um, I'm sure. um, I know I've enjoyed it. I know Mimi's had a great time. I'm sure our listeners would love having you back on again. So be on the lookout for an invitation to connect with us again. and, And we'll reach out to you, you know, after that preview night and, uh, and get your thoughts on that. We'd like to maybe share that with our, our listeners as well, if that's okay with you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I really enjoyed myself as well. Thanks, Danny. We'll talk again soon. All right. Take care. All right. Well, Mimi, there you have it. A great conversation with our good friend, Danny, uh, former cast member and annual pass holder. That was a lot of fun, don't you think? Yep. Yeah, it was great. We certainly appreciate Danny coming on and having this wonderful conversation with us. As you heard in the conversation, we referenced getting back in touch with Danny after his annual pass holder preview. Uh, We had that conversation with him already. And if you would like to check that out, go to our Instagram page, search for us, Disney Assembled on Instagram. It's on our it's under our IGTV uh, section there. And you can watch the entire conversation with him where he shares all of what he experienced and answers our questions about the reopening of Walt Disney World. So Mimi, with that, why don't you share with our listeners how they can find us online and other places? They can send us an email, disneyassembled at gmail.com. They can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at Disney Assembled. If you would like to support us in the podcast in a more um, financial way, <laughs> you can go to our Tee Public page, Disney Assembled, buy our t-shirts, coffee mugs, Pillowcases, et cetera, et cetera. Masks. Don't forget the masks. Oh, and your mask. Yes. Because if you're going to Disney, everyone needs a, a Disney. Yeah, get a Disney mask. assembled merch and take a picture and tag us if you're at the park. That would be great. And Patreon. That's the other thing. Patreon.com, quick shirts for Disney assembled, $5 a month, cup of coffee. Yeah. Just, I'm trying to remember what you say about the Patreon. <laughs> it's just, you know, we get patron only content there, our secret Facebook group, our private Facebook group, I should say. Uh, and we'll give our patrons a shout out in the show. Uh, and finally, well, we do have a YouTube channel. I know some people listen to podcasts on YouTube, believe it or not. We do have a YouTube channel. We're getting our episodes up there. Many of them are already available on YouTube. So if you are someone who frequents YouTube, we would appreciate a quick, a quick subscription to our YouTube channel. We'd love to be able to get that custom URL soon. Yes. So yeah, check us out on YouTube and subscribe uh, to us there. We'd appreciate that. So, Mimi, I guess that does it for this week. This has been a lot of fun. I really enjoyed catching up with Danny, and I hope you did too. Did did you have fun with that? Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We do appreciate you listening to us. We hope you continue to frequent our show, and uh, I guess that'll do it for this week. Well, until next time, see you real soon. soon.